Okay, uh, today I'm taking a small pause. Uh, I will preach in Romans, but I like to do a Mother's Day devotional. Now, as I do this, I like to once again wish happy birthday, happy birthday, happy Mother's Day to uh, all the mothers here. Uh, perhaps I'm uh, I slip because my wife's birthday sometimes actually falls on Mother's Day. She's uh, birthday is May 13th. See, I haven't forgotten. So uh, praise God for that. Now the role of mothers is very important, not only here at our church, but mothers play a crucial role in our communities, in our homes, and ultimately in our world. As such, a motherhood is a gift from God. A mother is someone who comforts and someone who nurtures. Uh, Brother Brad sent out uh, some scriptures this morning, and uh, two of those I had already thought of. I'll just make a quick reference here. I don't have them in the notes, but I'll just reference them here. Uh, both of them are from Isaiah 66, 13. It says, as one whom is, who his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. That is a reminder that God comforts just as a mother comforts. Also, Isaiah 48, 15, which says, can a woman forget, sorry, I'm just not a new mic today, Check, check, check. My wife was telling me that mic was a bit too hot. Is that better? Can a woman forget her nursing child that she should have no compassion on the son of her, of her womb? So again, this is a reminder of the role of a mother. And we see from scripture that more than being a gift from God, being a mother is also the fulfillment of a special calling from God, of a special role that God gives to those women that partake of motherhood. Now, that blessing, that privilege of motherhood, the role of motherhood is being perverted. As Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun, right? So everything that is an attack on the word of God, everything that is an attack on his design is just repackaged, but it, it has been in existence. Perverted, abused, and attacked specifically by our culture these days. Now, I recently heard of a, of a theologian of old that had a concept that went something like this. He argued that just as a, as a commander in a army, in the military, if he trace, trains his soldiers to fight the battle and all the theory is correct, but he fails to teach them the application of how to actually fight, specifically if they're being attacked in a particular way and the chief the leader of that army is not showing them how to combat that. He said that military leader has failed. In such manner, if a pastor, if a church leader, if a spiritual leader 
has nothing to say in regards to how the culture is attacking the very values that we hold dear. If I tell you that scripture has nothing to say about that, then I have failed. There is a full assault this very day on our mothers, on the family unit, on the design of the created order as mandated by God. Today, the following questions are controversial. Questions such as, what is a mother? What is a woman? What is a man? What is a child? And ultimately, what is truth after all? This is something that has, in one way or another, been in our minds this week specifically. In the wake of what has transpired with the potential overturn of Roe v. Wade. It has only become more emphasized and more highlighted. Again, if the scripture has nothing to say about that, about the most important things of life, then we are to be ashamed and pitied, and of all men, most miserable, as the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians. Thankfully, God has given us his word, which is clear, authoritative, and instructive. God's word binds us all, believers and non-believers alike, to submit to the Lordship of Christ. When it comes to the issue of life, of defending the dignity and the sacredness of not only motherhood, but of the creation of God in a womb, what is at stake? What is really at stake? What are we facing? I will contend to you that this is a gospel issue. This is not just a series of opinions that people may have, but this is a gospel issue. And in order for me not to speak in platitudes and in a kumbaya type of style here, I need to be specific. What is then representative of those that not only are for abortion, but they are proponents of it, defenders of it, and are in high positions of leadership in our country. Over the years, such supporters have generally gotten more and more blatant and shameless. As an example, we saw a couple years back in 2019, when in Virginia they were pushing for a bill that would legalize abortion up to the point of birth. Similar bills are pending in other states as well. Now, some may say, well, that's an exaggeration. You can use that as, as an example. But here's the key. I do not take this lightly, but I will not speak in generalities. I cannot. When put in the spot, these proponents, when they are forced to explain what they are actually supporting and advocating for, it sounds something like this. This is a transcript of such conversation from Todd Gilbert and Kathy Tran regarding 
the discussion of a proposed bill in Virginia. Bear with me. I will quote so that this is not taken out of context. Tom Gilbert says, Dele Delegate Tran, how late in a pregnancy would your bill apply if a physician simply willing to certify that a continuation of the pregnancy would impair the mental health of the woman? How late are we talking about? Kathy Tran. So the way the suggestion that we've made in the bill is to say it's in the third trimester with certification of a physician. Todd Gilbert. So how late in the third trimester would you be able to do that? Kathy Tran. You know, it's very unfortunate that there are physician witnesses that are not able to attend today to speak specifically. Todd Gilbert. But I'm talking about your bill. How late in the third trimester, how late in the third trimester could a physician perform an abortion if he indicated it could impair the mental health of the woman? Kathy Tran. Or physical health? Todd Gilbert. Okay, I'm talking about the mental health. Kathy Tran. So I mean, through the third trimester, the third trimester goes all the way to 40 weeks. Todd Gilbert, okay. But to the end of the third trimester? Kathy Tran, yep. I don't think we have a limit on that bill. There's a long pause there. Todd Gilbert again. Where it's obvious that a woman is about to give birth, she has physical signs that she's about to give birth. Would that still be a point that she could request an abortion if she was so certified? She is dilating. Kathy Tran. Mr. Chairman, that would be a, you know, a decision that the doctor, the physician, and the woman would make at that point. Todd Gilbert, I understand that. I'm asking if your bill would allow that. Kathy Tran. My bill would allow that, yes. Now this is representative of those who tell me that as a pastor and as a preacher of the gospel, that I'm holding an extreme position. That we, as Christians who think that is barbaric, that we are putting women at danger. An issue like this is difficult to speak about. And I think I've had spiritual attacks this week preparing to talk about this. Inevitably, we're not gonna be naive here, inevitably this gets political. Yet remember that in all practicality, politics, it is simply each of our personal theology applied to our everyday living. Each of us can easily be conditioned to look up for arguments, statistics, exception cases that would seemingly support our view on either side. Today, I'm not gonna do that. Rather, what I'll go to is scripture. So Christian and non-Christian alike, I invite you to see what the scripture says so that we can understand, so that we can know the biblical worldview on this issue. If I don't do that, it is as if my sheep are being attacked and I have nothing to say about that. I am accountable to God. And if I don't preach truth from this pulpit, I am guilty. Now, the scripture I will turn to 
It is relatively simple, yet is the most profound biblical case for life that I could ever think of. Here it is. Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 44. This is right after the angel comes to Mary and tells her that she's conceiving by the Holy Spirit. Right after that, we read this. It says, In those days Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Here are the facts about this text and what it implies and what it says directly. This is God speaking. It is telling us a story that has significant and magnificent implications for motherhood as well as implications for the culture war that we are seeing and see today. Hopefully this will remind us of the clarity of God's word. First, we see that Elizabeth, as we read in the passage right before this, we, we know that Elizabeth is six months pregnant with John the Baptist. And Elizabeth acknowledges her baby as a son who is able to rejoice. Secondly, Mary, as just has been visited by the angel and told that she would be conceiving by the Holy Spirit, we see here that Mary is either days or at most a few weeks pregnant, at most, pregnant with Jesus. And both Mary and Elizabeth, at days for Mary and at six months for Elizabeth, are both implied or directly called mothers. Now here's the most significant takeaway that hit me personally in studying this text. Here it is. The first person to recognize the presence of Jesus for who he is when Jesus had barely been conceived by the Holy Spirit in Mary's womb. The first person to recognize Jesus in the womb was not Elizabeth, but it was another baby in the womb, John the Baptist. And he leaped for joy. Both Jesus and John the Baptist are acknowledged by God as fully alive babies. My brothers and sisters, is God not clear? I want to leave no vagueness in what I'm speaking, for I am ultimately accountable to God. In what I preach from this pulpit, the issue of abortion is no exception, which is the, the number one leading cause of death in the U.S. by far, four decades. Sure, God has been merciful to us, 
Yes. But we cannot, we cannot live as Christians in the midst of this bloodshed and think that the U.S. holds this special place in God's kingdom that is untouchable. That there will be no reckoning, that there will be no judgment for this. It's not possible. So, for both the men and the women here, I say, and those watching, if you have been participant of such procedure, the woman by submitting to it, or the men by supporting painful, or God forbid, coercing a woman to do such thing, you have sinned. There's no other way to put it. You have greatly sinned. But oh sinner, but oh brother and sister in Christ, God's forgiveness is greater than your sin. Take heed. Because as you repent and as you cry out for forgiveness, there's a Savior with open arms whose very purpose of coming into this world in the womb of Mary was to forgive you. For Scripture tells us that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us. Let it be known that there's no forgiveness for those who try to self-justify. There's no room for that. And we praise God for his forgiveness for sinners like you and like me. Lastly, on this topic, to those Christians that perhaps are watching from afar, washing their hands that they've never supported such a thing or done such a thing, and that perhaps in their heart are saying, thank you, Lord, for I am not like those other people. Repent of your self-righteousness, for you are no better than the sinner you are looking down upon. You better repent as well, for we are saved by grace. And we were as unrighteous as any sinner. To all you mothers here, you are loved by this church, but most of all, by our great and merciful God. We have taken this short pause to honor you and to, to thank you for everything, for all that you have done in our lives. May you be blessed this day, and may those around you, including myself, remember to honor you, to respect you, to love you with the love that Christ has shown us.